Welcome to Parashah Study, Parashat Shemot. Today we're going to see something interesting. There's so much to talk about in this week's Parashah about the greatness of Moshe in so many ways, specifically using the commentary of Rashi. We come to learn the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu, interesting connection to Yosef HaSadik as well, that's going to play out later. There's a lot to talk about. However, what I want to focus on is the exact opposite. The idea oftentimes we have that the Torah will not criticize its righteous people. But when we look at this parasha, we'll find four times that Rashi criticizes Moshe, and oftentimes he's actually punished because of it. And when I say Rashi criticizing Moshe, Rashi bringing down the statements of the Midrash, of Hamim finding fault in Moshe Rabbeinu, and it's actually fascinating. The first time is Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to Hashem, they're not going to believe in me, Hashem says, okay, here's the sign, and the first time is the sign of Sarat, he puts his hand in his garment, he takes it out, his hand is Sarat. Comments Rashi, Moshe Rabbeinu spoke Lashon Hara'at, he said, Am Yisrael is not going to believe in me. He's talking to God about other people in a negative way. Lashon hara. You can speak Lashon hara to God. Therefore, Therefore, his punishment was Sarat. punishment for Lashon hara. And therefore, Miriam got Sarat when she spoke Lashon hara about Moshe. And Moshe gets Sarat because he speaks Lashon hara about Am Yisrael to Hashem. Fascinating. The Torah, or the rabbis, finding fault in Moshe Rabbeinu for not trusting Am Yisrael enough. This is Moshe Rabbeinu who gives his whole life for Am Yisrael. But Moshe, you had to, to have given them a little bit more credit than you did. And therefore, Hashem saying, no, 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 no. Here's the punishment of Sarat, a warning, know who you're dealing with. All right, and this we could explain in a way, it's interesting, the setting up of Moshe Rabbeinu's relationship with Am Yisrael, and Hashem saying, don't underestimate them, know who you're dealing with, know the importance of who you're dealing with. So I think it's actually ending, ends up being a very positive and nice message to Moshe Rabbeinu entering the job. Okay, so a little bit not so significant in terms of punishment, doesn't seem to be such a significant crime as well. The next one in the conversation still with Hashem at Har Sinai is more fascinating. Because the Torah tells us, When Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem, What do you want from me? Don't send me. Send the person you normally send. Send Aharon. Or the person who normally goes. And Hashem has to tell him, No, Aharon is going to come. He's going to be happy. He's going to greet you happily. Don't worry about Aharon. So Moshe seemingly being selfless. Listen, there's somebody else. You know, awkward. It happens to be my brother. Uh, I'd rather not. Please, Hashem. Thank you. I'll piss. Be a hard Hashem. Hashem getting angry. Comments to the Yoshua bin Korha. He says, Normally we can see, anytime it says God gets angry, we can see there's an impact. There's no impact of God getting angry. The, the, Moshe doesn't suffer in any which way. Interesting, says the almost as if Hashem said, Moshe, stop it, enough. But I'm not punishing you. No, no, you're right. Every time it says God got angry, 
there is an impact, there's a punishment, and here too, look at the impact, he says. The next pasuk, Hashem says, Hello, Aharon, Ahaycha, Halevi. Your brother Aharon, the Levi. Now, okay, Moshe is also a Levi. He's also from the tribe of Levi. Moshe definitely knows Aharon, his brother. You don't need to tell him Halevi. Why are you emphasizing this word Levi? He really should have been a Levi and not a Kohen. I thought to allow the Kehuna to come from you, Moshe. You were going to be the Kohen. However, now, since you're hassling too much and you're bothering me, this shall not be the case. But obviously, as we know, right, who's Halevi, originally supposed to be Aaron Ahicha Halevi, ends up being Moshe Halevi, and Aharon becomes the Kohen. So Moshe Rabbeinu, because of refusal to go with seemingly valid reason, is punished and loses that on the Kehuna. And by the way, you'll see in Ashi Parashat Pinhas, Moshe Rabbeinu definitely felt that he lost out on this. He wanted his children to be involved, and he said, Aaron, you're lucky. Look, your children are taking over what you get to do. But my children, Al-Azhar becomes a Kohen Gadol. My children are not taking over what I would get to do. And that's something that definitely impacted Moshe. So a tremendous punishment, Moshe losing the Kehuna Gedola because of his reticence to go on the mission from Hashem. At a certain point in time, the Kohen, you have, Moshe, you have to want to do this. You have to. I'm telling you, you're going to take Amisel out of Egypt. What are you delaying here? What are you saying no for? What are you saying send the other guy at the end of the day? Moshe, this is something you should care about enough to say, oh, Hashem, she was saying we're ready. We should go, which is a very powerful message, I think, even to someone as great as Moshe Rabbeinu. And doing it for reasons, no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to embarrass him. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Moshe, sometimes you have to go. This is taking Amisel out of Egypt. Very powerful lesson. There are two more times. One is pretty obvious. I mean, it's literally explicit in the text. When Vayvakesh Hamitur, the Malach comes, and then Sipurah does a brit milah to her child. So, so what's happening here? So, so explains that she Vayvakesh Hamitur Hamalach LeMoshe wanted to kill Moshe. Why? Because he was delayed in the brit milah. He was punished with mita. And yeah, might be you see, has shalom lun shall why you gonna say Moshe Rabbeinu out of all people was got lazy, was doing his fat milah, Moshe Rabbeinu's whole essence is being part of Am Israel, even when he was uh, in the palace of Paro, he went and he identified with Am Israel, you're gonna tell me he's not gonna give a brit milah, which is the basic identity of a Jewish person. Has for shalom. Or rather, what happened? Moshe Rabbeinu was stuck. We can't do the beat me loud right away, but I have to go. Hashem commanded me to go. So then it's dangerous to travel with the baby after the beat me loud. That's no good. So maybe I'll wait for three days after the beat me loud. That's also no good. So he had to go. So why was he punished? Because finally, when he got to Egypt, what did he do? He arranged for lodging before he did the mitzvah milah once he reached his destination and no longer needed to travel, which is fascinating. Meaning, we're talking about what minutes arranging lodging. I know I don't know how long it took back then to go and make a reservation, whatever it was. 
right? You walk in and you say, yeah, like a room, whatever it may have been, a couple of minutes probably, or maybe he was searching for a motel. There were no signs on the road, maybe. Who knows what, how long this is taking? Because Moshe is trying to organize a spot first in order for them to perform the Brit Milah. Instead of performing the Brit Milah and then worrying about where you're going to sleep, therefore, Hashem says, no, 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 good. Moshe, right now, Brit Milah, right now. Which shows you it's a fascinating thing to what standard Hashem is holding Moshe and Abenu to. Okay. The last one, I think, is the most fascinating because this is completely under the radar, not really explicit in the text. Moshe says, Hashem, why did you send me? At the end of the parasha. Since you sent me, bad stuff has happened to the nation. Hashem says, today. No, no, right now you're going to see. Okay, very nice. Now you're going to see. Uh, no, I. Meaning Moshe, Hashem telling Moshe that was just a warm up, right? Now you're gonna see. Says Rashi, no, no, no. You're questioning my ways. I told him Yitzhak is gonna be a child. Get rid of Ishmael. And then I told him, okay, go sacrifice his hawk. And he doesn't, he looked at it, he didn't wonder, Hashem, what are you doing? What are you telling me? How, how can you tell me? You're contradicting what you're saying. Oh, it doesn't make sense. You didn't do that. You don't have the level of faith in me. You, I said, you, something bad happens, a little bit, and all of a sudden you start complaining. You're only going to see how I saw the parot today. You're not going to see what happens in the future. And I bring Ami Sail into the land, because you're not going to go into the land because you don't believe in me enough. Oh, by the way, it actually fits nicely, Lohem Tempi, right? But fascinating. Now she telling us here, from here we can find a hint. Moshe, not fully trusting in Hashem, not trusting the process of Hashem. Moshe, just do your job. Stop complaining to me. Moshe is first time on the job. Issues a complaint right away, essentially. Boom. Not going to edit your sale. So, nah, listen, for us, for me and you, right, this is, these are levels of greatness that uh, apply only to Moshe Rabbeinu. But it shows us the, the level on which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is holding Moshe Rabbeinu too. And it's fascinating that Hazal are not scared to find critique in Moshe Rabbeinu. Maybe critiques that don't apply to a regular person. But no, no, you're Moshe, you should be doing this. Yeah, you're Moshe, yeah, be like Avraham, have the faith like Avraham Avinu. Come on, Moshe. Which is which I find fascinating the level, the length of expectations that Hazal had in Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore reading it that way. What you probably need to do now is take a pause, open up your homage, look at all the Rashis that speak about the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu in this week's parasha. You'll see clearly the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu far outweighs these details in order to remind us who we're talking about. But I think it's just interesting to show. How Hazal are not scared. They're not scared to critique people. Over time, they think, no, they always, you know, find the best in the Sadiqim and the worst in the Rishaim. And clearly, this unit of Rashi's here proves the opposite. And it's definitely food for thought of to learn from critiques, even from great Sadiqim, and to see how from the critiques, I think you could learn their greatness as well. So we'll pause here for today. Shabbat Shalom. And we'll be back next week. Be'azat Hashem.